Galanci Eden Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Galanci Eden Church building at the Banks St. Samson in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyeland.co.uk. Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see you all here. Um, This morning we are carrying on with our Breaking Out series, which has just been so encouraging to me. And today we're going to look at breaking out from the ordinary. Um, And as we start today, I just want to begin by introducing you to a a woman by the name of Gianna Jessen. To tell you a bit about her, Gianna is a really fun, beautiful, vibrant, life-loving individual. She is a really talented, extremely talented recording artist. She's a great musician. She's a passionate pro-life campaigner. And she's also the survivor of an abortion. You see, Jana's biological mother fell pregnant with her when she was just 17 years old and feeling unable to cope with the prospect of an unwanted, unplanned, unexpected child, she sought an abortion. The abortion procedure was carried out when she was seven and a half months pregnant. And um, somehow, that procedure, it didn't work. And Gianna entered the world alive on the 6th of April, 1977. As a result of the trauma that she suffered in the womb, she had severe injuries and cerebral palsy. Now, Gianna was never expected to live. She was never expected to walk but she miraculously recovered. And despite struggling with a limp, really struggling with a limp, she defied all odds when she successfully completed the London Marathon in 2006. This year, in 2012, a movie's going to be shown at box offices around the States and around the UK called October Baby. And that film tells the story of this young woman's life. And you know, despite her battles, despite her difficulties, despite her struggles, despite her, her obstacles, Gianna has made a decision. She has made a determined decision to break out of the ordinary. And as a result, she is making an extraordinary mark on life. You know, Mother Teresa once said this. She said that God is using Gianna Jessen to remind the world that each and every human being is precious to him. I know what a story, eh? And you know, it's said that for most people, 95% of life consists of ordinary, run-of-the-mill, mundane type of days. And I suppose if you think of the reality of life, if you look at life in natural, it can seem a bit of a daily slog, can't it, as we go through that daily routine of getting up, rushing out, rushing to work, coming home, cooking dinner, washing dishes, putting washing in the washing machine, doing the ironing, doing the cleaning, sorting the kids, sorting the car. You know, for most people, only 5% of life steps beyond the ordinary. And when you think about that, it can, that prospect can sound a little bit depressing, can't it? But you know what? There's great news. 
And the great news is that if we are in Christ, then every day, every single day, can bring the excitement of the extraordinary. No matter who we are, no matter what we're doing, no matter who we're with, no matter what we're facing, no matter where we're at, every day can bring the excitement of the extraordinary. And you know, we as ordinary, which is what we are, we as ordinary human beings, we can experience the extraordinary. You can experience the extraordinary in your life because the precious, powerful, miracle-working supernatural blood of Jesus has been sacrificially shed for you and sacrificially poured out over your life. And you know what? When Jesus is in the equation, when he's in our equation, the normal things, the mundane things can move beyond the ordinary and they can move into the supernatural. You know, because God is for us, because God is for you today and he really is, Because God is for you, you can confidently, you can courageously, you can boldly break out of the ordinary and you can step into an extraordinary life. You know, if we we look in the Bible, if we look in this amazing book, it is packed to the brim with stories of people, of ordinary people, who made an extraordinary mark on life. And you know, today we're going to look at one of them. Today we're going to look at the life of Jacob. We're going to explore his life. Now, to remind you a bit about his background and to set the scene for you, Jacob came from a pretty dysfunctional family situation and I think you could say that that's actually putting it mildly. If you look at Jacob's family setup, it actually has the potential to make his standards look like the Waltons. Things were bad. They were really bad in his life. You know, Jacob was the son of Isaac and Rebekah. He was also the twin brother of Esau. And you know, no love, not one drop of love was lost between these twin brothers. And the Bible tells us that their rivalry, their problems, their issues, they actually started in the womb. You know, while Esau was the first to be born, Genesis tells us that Jacob came out grabbing and snatching at his brother's heels. So, Relations were tense. They were strained from the word go. And you know what? The parents, Isaac and Rebecca, they didn't help this situation at all. Not one bit because Isaac, he loved Esau the most and he definitely wasn't afraid to show it. Whereas Rebecca, she favoured and she was biased towards Jacob. And you know this divide in affections, it tore the family apart. And to tell you a bit about Rebecca, she was a really controlling, really dominant kind of woman, a woman who manipulated situations for her own gain, for her own end. And what she did was she encouraged her favourite son, Jacob, to go after his brother's inheritance, even though he wasn't entitled to it. And she knew that. So in an act of deception, pure premeditated deception, Jacob stole Esau's birthright. And as a result of his actions, he eventually ended up having to flee his home in fear of his life. You know, Jacob was a guy, an ordinary guy, who continually messed up, who continually made mistakes. But despite his mistakes, despite his mishaps, despite the mess in his life, we can learn so much from him, so much from his example. And that's what we're going to do today. 
So what does Jacob teach us? Well, firstly, Jacob teaches us that in order to break out from the ordinary, we need to know our true identity. And I want to ask you something this morning. I'm asking myself the very same question. Do we know who we are? Do we know who we are? You know, so many people spend so much of their life asking that question, who am I? Who am I? Wanting to know the purpose of their existence, wanting to know the reason for being on this planet, thinking that there's got to be more to life than this. And you know what, I think if we're honest, no matter who we are, no matter what our age, no matter what our background, no matter what our status, no matter how long we've been a Christian for, we have all grappled with that question at one stage or another in our lives. We all ask, who am I? And you know what, we allow so many different things to define us, don't we? We allow our roles in life, maybe as a mother, maybe as a father, a sister, a brother, a husband, a wife, a professional in the workplace, a homemaker, a student. We allow all of our roles to tell us who we are. So often we we think that we finally got to grips with who we are and then all of a sudden in the blink of an eye, life happens, things change, people change, relationships change, kids move out and we're caused to realise that we have been allowing people and situations and circumstances to determine our identity. But you know what, we need to understand, really understand this morning that our identity is not based on what we have or what we don't have, it's not based on what we can or can't do, but it's based on who you are in Christ. Your identity, who you are, is based on the incredible individual that you are in Jesus Christ. You know, Jacob, he was someone who really struggled with this whole issue of identity. You know, it's hardly surprising considering that his name meant deceiver, trickster and grabber. Can you imagine the reality of wearing that label? Can you imagine what it would be like to be reminded every time somebody called your name that they believed the very worst about you? Can you imagine that? And you know, for a long time, Jacob spent so much time living up to his name. He spent such a long time allowing the label that had been stamped on him to determine his identity. You know, he lived up to his name. He wore masks, he lied, he cheated, he deceived people, he manipulated people. He constantly, consistently, deliberately made wrong choices until one day things changed until one day there was a turnaround, a positive turnaround. So we're going to turn to the Word and we're going to pick up Jacob's story from there. So if you've got your Bibles, can you go with me to Genesis chapter 8? We're going to start reading at verse 10. So what we've got here is that Jacob's underhandedly stolen Esau's inheritance and now he's on the run. He's on the run in fear of his life. And this is what it says. So it says, Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and travelled towards Haran. At sundown he arrived at a good place and set up camp and stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and he lay down to sleep. 
As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions to the west and to the east, to the north and the south and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything that I have promised to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. You know, up until that point in his life, Jacob had lived being discontent, being dissatisfied with who he was, always wanting more, always wanting a new thing, always wanting the next best thing, always wanting something else. You know, Jacob had spent so much of his life living in his brother's shadow, trying to be something that he was never supposed to be. When all of a sudden, the voice of God penetrated his situation and that changed his perspective. You know, as Jacob stopped listening, as he said, I'm going to stop listening to all the other negative voices around me that had spoken negative things over him, that had spoken negative things over his life, over his situation, over his futures, he encountered the presence of God. You know, as we saw in verse 16 of that chapter that, he just, that we just read, he said, the Lord is in this place and I didn't even realise it. You know, Jacob had an encounter with the presence of God. And I want to ask us to ask ourselves something this morning. Are we like Jacob? Are we spending too much time listening to the voices of others? Listening to the opinions of others? Listening to the views of others? Listening to the beliefs of our friends, of our family, of our work colleagues, of our neighbours? While failing to hear the voice of God? You know, so often we find it so easy, don't we, to accept the negative voices. We find it so easy to believe those voices and to allow those voices to drown out the positive voice of our Creator. You know, are we allowing the voices of others to drown out the voice of the one who knit you together in your mother's womb? Of the one who sent his only son to die for you? Of the one who knows you better than you even know yourself? You know, if we're going to break out of the ordinary, it's time to seek God. It's time to seek God and it's time to allow him to tell us who we are, to tell us who we're supposed to be. You know, as we immerse our lives in his incredible truths, God will reveal our extraordinary identity. As we immerse our lives in his incredible truth, God will remind us that we are the head and not the tail, that we are above and not beneath, that we are part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a purchased people, that you are more than a conqueror, that you have got the mind of Christ, that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus, that you are a co-heir with Christ. 
and that you are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. You know, as we seek God, as we determine to find out who we are, God will remind us that we are unconditionally and immeasurably loved by him, that we are chosen by him and adopted as his child, that we are now free from the law of sin and death and condemnation, that we are now free from sickness and disease and poverty, that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, that we have not been given a spirit of fear, but one of power and one of might and one of a sound mind. And that we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us because nothing, no situation, no obstacle, no storm, no trial is too big for him. This is who you are. This is who you are today. Do you know you are who God says you are? Not who you think you are, not who others tell you you are. You are who God says you are and this is who he says you are. You know, knowing who we are in Christ, it can transform our life. It can change our life. It can change our mindset. It can change our perspective. It can change the way we feel. It can enable us. Knowing who we are can enable us to break out of the ordinary and to step into an extraordinary life. You know, in Genesis 32 and verse 28, Jacob encountered the presence of God. He encountered the presence of God. And as he did that, he received a new name. Jacob the trickster, Jacob the grabber, Jacob the deceiver became Israel, meaning prince. And you know, this morning, what we need to understand is that unless God gives us a name, unless God gives us a label, it's not ours. It's not ours. And in Jacob's life, God broke the power of those negative labels that had been attaching themselves to him. He broke the power of them. And you know what, like Jacob, we need to start shaking off the negative labels that are trying to attach themselves to us. We need to say, I'm not going to listen to those voices of criticism or of negativity or of pessimism or of doubt. I'm not listening to that stuff anymore. We need to stop jumping around to everyone else's tune. And we need to confidently and courageously become the individual that we were supposed to be. That you're meant to be. So firstly, to break out of the ordinary into the extraordinary, we need to discover our true identity. Secondly, we need to fight fiercely. Can you go with me to Genesis 32? We're going to read from verse 22. So Genesis 32, 22. Okay, so it says, That night Jacob got up and he took his two wives, his two female servants and his eleven sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When Jacob saw that he could not overpower him, sorry, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. 
Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. What was Jacob's reply? It was this, I will not, I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not let you go until you bless me. So what's the situation? Well, Jacob's camping on this riverbank on his own, minding his own business, keeping himself to himself, when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, an angel of the Lord turns up and they end up having a full-on wrestle all night. You know, at that stage, Jacob was having a pretty tough time. He was struggling with life. He was struggling with the issues of life. You know, up until that point, Jacob had spent his life doing things his own way, thinking he knew best, thinking he had all the answers, constantly learning the hard way, until he finally, he finally said, God, I'm going to surrender to you. He finally surrendered and took hold of God. He grabbed hold of God. You know, as Jacob had this wrestle with God, the tables turned. And for the first time in his life, he was not fighting to get away. He was fighting to hold on. He was fighting to hold on. You know, all of a sudden, Jacob got some tenacity. He got tenacious. He became tenacious. What does tenacious mean? It means to cling tightly to something and to refuse to let go. And that's what he did. Jacob refused to let go until God blessed him until God worked in his life, until God brought change to his situation. And maybe we can relate to Jacob's struggle this morning. Maybe we are struggling with the issues of life. Maybe we are struggling with the things that we're up against. Maybe we're struggling with God right now. Maybe we're struggling to understand what he's doing in our lives. Maybe we're struggling to understand where he's at. Maybe we're in a place of frustration. Maybe we're in a place of exhaustion. Maybe we are feeling like Jacob today. I want to encourage you this morning. Let's learn from Jacob. No matter what our circumstances, no matter what our storm, no matter what our trial, even if we don't understand what's going on, let's make a decision to cling on, to hold on to the one who's got our lives in his hands. Because his desire is to bless us. You know, God's very nature is to bless. So let's not let him go until he blesses us. You know, as Jacob wrestled, as he had this fight almost with God, God blessed him, didn't he? With a new identity. He changed him from being a trickster to being a prince. He blessed him with a new identity and an amazing future an amazing, phenomenal future. And you know, real, significant, lasting, ongoing growth, it always involves struggle and pain. There's no getting away from that. But be assured that as we hold on to God through the struggle, the pain is going to produce something phenomenal in your life. Like it has with Jana. You know, sometimes as we go through life, we can feel so battered by it. Let's be honest for a moment. Sometimes we can feel so bruised by life and disillusioned by life. But I want you to be confident today that even if you are in the midst of a raging storm, 
even if you're in the midst of a a full-on battle, no matter how bad things get, if you cling on to God, he will hold on to you. And he will never let you go. And he will never let you down because his promises, his incredible unending promises over your life, they always remain. And they are sure and they are steadfast. You know, I think so often, I know in my life, I can be too accepting of things. Is anybody else like that? You know, sometimes life gets hard and we don't always understand things. And sometimes in those times, we can just feel inclined to roll over and accept defeat because that seems like the easy option. But you know what? Rolling over and accepting defeat is not going to lead to an extraordinary life. Someone once said, I think it was Joyce Meyer, but don't quote me on that, that there are too many Christians with an awful lot of wishbones but no backbone. And you know what? If we're going to overcome like Jacob, if we're going to find our identity in God, if we're going to fight to win a battle, we're not going to do it through wishful thinking. Now it's time for us to use our backbone and it's time for us to start fighting fiercely. Now, if we're going to live an extraordinary existence, we need to fight. We need to fight for our relationships. We need to fight for our families. We need to fight for our island. We need to fight for our workplaces. We need to fight for our future. We need to keep fighting. We need to keep standing. We need to keep believing. We need to keep trusting until God intervenes. We need to keep holding on. We need to keep clinging on until God brings the deliverance, until God brings the breakthrough, until God makes the change. Now I want you to think about a a butterfly for a moment. I know Carol loves butterflies. But think of a butterfly. They have to fight. They have to go through actually quite a painful fight to break out of their cocoon so that they can break free and fly. And you know what? In the same way, we need to cling on to God and we need to fight, even when it's painful, to break out of the ordinary so that we can break through into the extraordinary. We need to fight. We need to use our backbone to fight, to break out of mediocrity, of complacency, of containment, so that we can break through into all that God has for us, into all that God has for our lives for our future. You know, the third way in which we can break out of the ordinary is by embracing our limp. You know, Jacob, he had this wrestle with God, he had this tussle and it left him with a limp. You know, Jacob's fight with God, it left him with a unique walk which constantly and positively reminded him of his dependence and his reliance on God. You know, throughout the Bible we see all the time that God continually chose to use the least likely people and he does the same today. How amazing is that? God chooses to use the least likely people. You know, in Zechariah 4 verse 6 it tells us that it's not by might, it's not by our own might, it's not by our own strength, it's not by our own power that we are going to see things happen but it's by the Spirit of God the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of us. And you know, our weaknesses, our limp, 
they remind us that at the end of the day, it's not about us, but it's all about him. It's not about what we've got to offer. It's not about what we can do. It's not about our own strength. It's not about our own achievements. It's not about our own credentials. But it's all about what Jesus Christ has done and what he can do and about what he wants to do through you as an incredible individual. You know, God wants you to break out this morning. He wants us as a church to break out this morning, to break out of the ordinary. But you know what, for us to see the extraordinary, we need to get to a place where we stop pretending that we don't have any weaknesses, where we stop pretending that we don't have a limp and realise that God can use us in spite of them. You know, God loves nothing more than to use weak, ordinary people like me and like you because he is in the business of taking hold of us in our weak state, in our ordinary state and making us something extraordinary for him because that's how he's glorified. And you know what the great news is that no matter what our issues, no matter what our struggles, no matter what our weakness, we can still make an extraordinary mark on life because we don't have to struggle through on our own. We're not in this on our own. We don't have to make it through in our own strength. Think about Paul for a moment. You know, when Paul, the Apostle Paul, was struggling with the thorns in his own flesh, we don't know what it was, but he was struggling with his thorn in his flesh and three times he asked God to remove it. And what did God do? Did he take it away? No, he didn't. Instead he said, hey, listen, Paul, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And you know, that's so encouraging to me and that's for us this morning. God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. And God wants to use you and he wants to use me just like he used Paul, just like he used Jacob. So don't despise your weakness. Don't despise your limp because so often it can produce something amazing in your life. So often our limp can increase our compassion for people. It can make us more willing to reach out to others. It can soften our approach to people. It can keep us humble. It can remind us that we are a work in progress. And it can prevent us from putting our reliance on our own abilities and it reminds us that we need God in our life, that he is our dependency. You know, our, our weaknesses and our, our limps, there's so often limitations that we are powerless to change. There are things that we can do nothing about, but they're there to remind us that the excellence of the power that we walk in is of God and not of ourselves. So this week I want you to do something. When you're getting ready to start a new day, I want you to say to yourself, despite my weaknesses, despite my limp, I believe that God can use me for something extraordinary. As you're getting ready to start a day, I want you to say, despite my limp, I'm not going to stop pressing forward. I'm not going to stop standing. I'm not going to stop trusting. I'm not going to stop holding on until I take hold of all that God has for me. You know, as we do that, I really believe that as we do that, as we speak and stand in faith, 
It will change our perspective. It will change our perspective. You know, Jacob, he wrestled with God, but he limped away. He limped away. He did. He had a limp. But he limped away with an incredible blessing. And you know, as I close this morning, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage myself. Let's learn from the life of this guy. This imperfect guy who made mistakes. who struggled through life. Let's learn from him. Take lessons from him. Let's determine to understand our identity. Let's determine to understand the person that we were created to be, that we were meant to be. Let's fight for our blessing. Let's fight fiercely for our blessing until God intervenes in our life. Let's embrace our limp and let's break out of the ordinary into an extraordinary life. Amen. Let's pray. Amen. Jesus, I just want to thank you for your powerful, incredible word. I want to thank you for its incredible truth. And I want to thank you for the example that Jacob left for us. That despite our issues, despite our struggles, despite our weaknesses, God, we can still be used to do something extraordinary for you. So this week I pray that we will really determine to understand all that you have for us, all that you want us to be because we want to be used by you to make an extraordinary difference in this island, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our homes. Thank you, Jesus. Give us all that we need to make a a change here for you. Amen. Or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelan.co.uk.